On today's show, Sophie Keisha's ex, Alana Kennedy, forced to deny reconciliation rumours, Abby Chatfield sparks debate about weight loss, and the cast of The Crown labelled too hot. Hello and welcome to Outspoken. It's your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Amy Torbert and I'm feeling particularly Christmassy today because we have done a huge Christmas shop today. Oh, I had so much fun. We checked out the Reject Shop and Kmart. They've got so many cool little Christmas things because we're going to be doing some Christmas recipes and some Christmas related reels. I'm very excited. I know it's kind of just an excuse to make all these Christmas recipes and be like, oh, it's just for the podcast TikTok. Exactly. Well, I'm Kate Torbert and I had to stop Sophie from eating the spearmint leaves. Well, I was completely left out of this shopping expedition. I called you guys up. Oh, when are we going? Oh, we're already there. Look, we didn't want to trouble you because it was getting to five o'clock and we're like, look, we better do the dash before the shops close because in Adelaide, everything closes at five o'clock. To be fair, sometimes those things, they're more hellish to be at. Like I prefer just to have all the stuff bought and then do it. Yeah. When we were at the self-service checkout in Woolworths and we were doing like three different transactions, I was kind of wishing I was at home. And this is not, you know, this is not at all an opportunity to point fingers or to, you know, throw someone under a bus. But I think it's an important story to tell because I feel like so many people have been there and I had never been there in a relationship where you completely lose sight of who you are. A reunion between Sophie Keisha and her soccer player ex, Alana Kennedy, appears to be off. A rep for the Matildas player has denied they are back on just weeks after Sophie split from fiancé Maddie Garrick. Firstly, Sophie, can you give us a little refresher on Sophie's relationship timeline? Yeah, so Sophie and Alana began dating back in 2020 and the relationship was very turbulent and she did document a lot about the relationship in her book that she put out this year called Then There Was Her. So in an interview about the book on No Filter, Sophie labeled their relationship as toxic due to the power dynamic that she said was there. So Sophie said that she would cower under Alana's strength like a puppy dog and do whatever she wanted. Wow. So she was with Alana in 2020. That doesn't seem that long ago to Mm. then meet Maddie, get into a relationship and then get engaged. Well, you've got to remember that that relationship was very on and off. So Sophie was with Maddie in between when like Alana would drop her, she would go running to Maddie. And if you do cast your mind back to Sophie's book, there is a chapter detailing how Uh, Sophie had just had sex with Maddie and she got a text message from Alana saying, oh, I want you back or basically Mm. come here. And she literally dumped Maddie on the spot and ran out of bed. I can kind of see why this relationship ended. It doesn't seem like such a shock now. So, Kate, can you tell us about these alleged reports about a meetup between Sophie and Alana? Yeah, so it's all very juicy. The So Dramatic podcast reported that a source had spotted Sophie in the family section of a Matilda's soccer game at Amy Park on Sunday. And the source claims that Alana then went up to speak to Sophie and the pair apparently looked like they were making plans to catch up. Is Sophie the biggest jersey chaser or what? Because literally (laughs) we've got a soccer player, a basketballer. Her ex-husband played footy as well. Look, she's got a type. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the funny thing is that Alana's PR agent agency has had to come out and deny these rumors but funnily enough Sophie is represented by the same PR agency so do you guys think 
that someone actually spotted Sophie Cater at the game? Or do you think maybe this is something that Sophie is trying to get the rumor mill and overdrive well, about? Well, the confusing thing is that this PR agency represents both of them. So the agency has both of their reputations in mind when they're squashing stories like this. So it would be an awkward thing if Sophie, say, had leaked this story mm. because the PR agency is obviously having to go against her wishes to protect their client. But, I mean, what's well, kind of done its job anyway in terms of potentially making Maddie jealous even mm. because it is a rumor still people don't know because yeah a lot it's of a bit the time, of a fuck you isn't it, it because is. it seems like alana was a huge issue in their relationship yeah and well, also pr firms deny stuff all the time it doesn't necessarily well, but, but even true. them but even them commenting on it makes yeah. it even a bigger thing because they yeah. could have just let it die not said anything about it but it almost gives it more validity that they commented on yeah it. now what's all a little bit sus is the original source claimed that alana came up to sophie and they were trying to make plans however the pr rep has come out and said oh no no alana walked up to us and was trying to make plans with us which almost makes me think well was sophie with the pr people mm. and they're just claiming oh no no they're not back on together mm. they, they were spotted like it's not like they've denied that she was at the game so so what we're thinking here is that sophie has been invited along to the game through the pr company mm. they're probably trying to play matchmaker trying to spin because it, it puts sophie Cash's name out there as but well I as don't alana think the PR agency would want them back together because her book would have created a lot of negative pr for alana kennedy also so dramatic is pretty accurate with its tip-offs i feel like a lot of people would have seen the pair of them together well in the family section as well yeah love her confidence love everything about her and her stories are so funny because they're her stories if they were your stories it wouldn't be funny at all Saffron Barker's mum has shared what it's really like having to listen to her YouTube famous daughter talk about sex on her new podcast. Amy, can you tell us more? Yeah, so her mum, Wendy, joined Saffron in her latest YouTube video and they were actually testing out Starbucks Christmas menu, which was actually a banger of a YouTube I video really to watch. I really want to go test out the Gloria Jean's Christmas yes. menu. I think we need to do that because we don't have Starbucks in Adelaide and Gloria Jean's is top notch. So. Well, Wendy and Saffron didn't have that nicer things to say about the Starbucks yeah, menu. I've been, I haven't been hearing some positive <laughs> stuff because I feel like every YouTuber is doing a review of the same couple mm, of items. I and love it. Yeah. I love it. So in this video, they spoke about Saffron's new podcast, which is called Sex, Lies and DM Slides. And she does this podcast alongside Anastasia Kingsnorth. Well, we've, of course, spoken about the podcast mm. because it is touted as a Spotify original, except two girls actually allegedly came mm. up with the idea and they've been you know given the boot from the show and the podcast title does give away what the show is about it's about reading their dms they talk about sex stories and basically this was a bit of a surprise to wendy when she tuned into saffron's podcast she said she wasn't expecting them to talk that much about sex even though it's in the title yeah well she used to do a quite innocent podcast with her daughter she might be pissed off that she got the boot as well i actually loved wendy in that podcast i rate her i would actually watch her youtube channel if she made her own a bit like how anastasia King's North mum has made her own YouTube channel. Wendy needs to get on it. Well, maybe Wendy and Julie should come out and do their own <laughs> podcast. That would be pretty good. I feel good. like they have quite good advice because Wendy was trying to tell Saffron that she's got to stop going for like super attractive guys yeah. and actually think about their personality, which I found quite hilarious. Well, because I don't know if that's super good advice. That's just no, sort of it, general advice. But it was because I feel like Saffron, the guy that she's rumored mm. to have dated most recently, he's like this American guy who's totally ripped. Fuck boy. He's a complete oh, fuck he's a model. Boy. Yeah, he's, he looks too good to be real. Like. And, and she went out with Luca Bish before who seems like he's got a really good personality but Wendy's saying she's like I didn't 
even fancy your father before I started dating him. <laughs> She's like, it's just personality. And then oh, he yeah. became more attractive. But I think that is actually good advice, though, to actually think about people's personalities. Because I think when you're 21, all you do is think about looks. Yeah, yeah and looks they fade. fade. You know what? Well, back on to the awkwardness around this podcast. It gets worse because it's not only Wendy, the mother that listens, <laughs> but Saffron's grandmother <laughs> also listens to the podcast. However, she is enjoying it a little bit more than Wendy. Mm, I think too we should, much. I think we should throw to what was said. You've got to tell everyone about Nanny, though. Guys, oh. no, 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 seriously, like, you're actually not going to believe this. And shout out to my so nan my because mom, I love her so freaking 80. much. Like, I don't swear in front of my mum. Like, I never have. Like, I just wouldn't. Like, it's just how we were brought up. Just, we just she's don't. so innocent, by the way. I mean, you've all met her. She's literally, like, well, met her, like, through video. She's the sweetest human being, isn't she? Yeah, anyway, and I just, just thought oh. she was probably more naive than she is because she isn't. Because she said to me, she said, oh, oh I've listened to Safra. She said, I've watched it about five times. I didn't even know you could watch it. She told me this. And I was like, Oh, where did you watch it? She went, Oh, on Spotify, you can watch it. I was like, Oh, okay. And she went, Oh, it's oh, Wendy. I said, What? She went, What about that girl that wrote in? And she got her braces stuck on his, you know, when she was giving him a blowjob. And I literally went, What? Ooh, sorry. <laughs> and it's the fact that she went, his, What's his name? And then went, Blowjob! After. <laughs> She went, wow, oh is what they God. were talking about. Honestly, when my mum first told me this, I was cracking up because my nan messaged me on Instagram and was like, oh my God, stuff, it's hilarious. I've watched it four times and I thought to myself, I think she's thinking about a YouTube video. Like, she's got something confused here. Honestly, I thought she's going to say, I listen to Stefan's podcast and I'm not being funny, but, but she, she, was, she finds it hilarious. But do like, you know what, though? The thing is, you do forget, like, nan was our age once. So, Stefan like, was also your age once, but I wouldn't, I don't know. Like, yeah, but when you're yeah. 18, you're yeah. still going to find the same things funny. I don't know if she, found, just, I didn't oh. know she found things like that funny. I've always been interested to hear what it's like for the parents and grandparents to listen to their kids' sex podcasts. And I was not expecting this response from her grandma. See, I get embarrassed enough anyone just listening to ours, but we're not sharing intimate details about our sex lives <laughs> well, on there. It would be actually really bizarre for the grandma, though, because she's probably hearing nothing about what's actually going on behind these scenes. You know, the grandparents are usually just meet the guy at a nice dinner, but she's hearing all the ins and out of these dirty messages going yeah. back and forth. Well, the message they were talking about was they listener that wrote in and said that they got their braces stuck or sorry they cut someone's penis with yeah. their braces however saffron <laughs> within that episode was reading out these sexed messages that she had received from followers oh. and from people dming her so I that was, would have been pretty full i mean i felt full on yeah i listened to it I, and i only watched her on youtube i loved how they had a guest recently and she was talking about all these funny sex stories and saffron's mom was like I found her funny, but if they were your stories, I would not have found them funny. Oh, no, you don't want to hear about anyone's sex life that you actually know. Mm. I often think what um, Alex Cooper's parents must think about her podcast, but it seems like they're very supportive. I mean, perhaps if you'd signed a $30 million (laughs) deal with Spotify, they might get around it. Mm. The thing is, at the end of the day, I actually think the parents should not listen because yeah. your child's out there trying to create content, trying to do something, trying to, you know, be a bit out there. Don't fucking listen. The podcast is their very niche. Like, you know, Alex Cooper's getting $30 million, but I don't think the average Joe on the street would know who she is. So I think that you can just turn off and you don't have to listen to it. If my child was doing it, I would just prefer not to listen. And I think that's how they would like it as well. How like fat phobic and weird to be like, you look great, but like, are you mentally okay? Now, before we get into this segment, we want to issue a trigger warning as it discusses eating disorders. 
Influencer Abby Chatfield and Olivia Rogers have opened up about how persistent comments about their recent weight loss are affecting them. So if Abby first brought up the comments on her podcast. Yeah, so on her podcast, It's A Lot, Abby revealed that she's been receiving an influx of comments about her recent weight loss. And Abby has been touring with Friday Live around the country where she's been hosting and dancing on stage. And there's been so many photos and a lot of Instagram stories where she's looking very fit. And this has led to a lot of comments from people saying, what is your secret? What are you doing? And saying basically, oh, you look incredible. And while Abby said that the majority of comments about her appearance have been well-intentioned, she wants to remind people how damaging those comments can still be. So Abby said, I'm not quote unquote doing a Kardashian and intentionally losing weight because of a trend. And this is, of course, in reference to the fact that Kim and Khloe Kardashian have been receiving a lot of publicity around their shrinking frames at the moment. Yeah, because Abby was getting an influx of people saying, oh, please don't do a Kardashian. Mm. Don't get any skinnier skinnier than you are already. The thing is, I can kind of understand where all this concern is coming from, because recently the media has gone into a bit of a frenzy, particularly around the Kardashians' bodies. And there's a lot of talk about size zero coming back due to the Y2K fashion and everyone's losing weight. And I can see when you see people like Abby and Olivia, who are very influential online, that people are like, oh, shit, are they are they frame shrinking because of this trend or is it something else? And I think that's why it was really important for Abby to talk about these persistent comments she's receiving on Instagram. And she went on to explain that over the past five years, she has never intentionally gained or lost weight. And she also called some of her followers fat phobic for saying that she looks better because she's lost weight. The difficult thing is that, I mean, I've noticed that she has lost weight, but I would never go on Mm. her page and say something. And I think that's really what Olivia has been talking about. It's like, you don't need to mention it, particularly mentioning it with, I mean, some people would think, oh, but I'm being nice by saying that she looks really good. Mm. And it's like, well, what Abby's come out and said is actually when I'm this skinny, I'm not well. There's an ideology that if you look skinny and toned, you're fit. But sometimes Mm. that actually isn't the case. And when people are at their most happiest, it's usually when they're not thinking about their weight and they're just eating whatever they want. It's so true. Think about when you've been broken up with and you're not eating because you just couldn't stomach anything. I lost so much weight when I went through a breakup. Mm -hmm. Like it just was instant. Like it just was crazy how much it just falls off you. And I bet people were like, oh my God, you look so good. And you're actually just so upset inside. Well, Abby did open up and say that she's been having a really tough time eating. So she said that she has such a hectic schedule at the moment that she is finding it hard to actually fit in time to eat. And then when she does have time to eat, she's finding it really hard to chew food and also swallow. And she did attribute the weight loss also to stress. So there's obviously a lot going on and it's a very sensitive topic for Abby. I think what makes this conversation even tougher is the fact that Abby Chatfield revealed that she did suffer with disordered eating as a teenager. So I can see how these comments would be pretty triggering for her. And the same for Olivia Rogers, who's come out and echoed Abby's words. She is a mental health advocate. She has detailed in her book about how she suffered from eating disorders. And she has come out and said, I've had a lot of comments about my weight recently. While I've been through two of the most stressful months of my life, people say, but at least you look good. Like that's the most important thing. This is such a sensitive topic and not one I feel like I'm completely ready to have an open discussion about just yet. I just want to say, please be careful with your comments on people's bodies as you never know the impact your words can have, even if your intention is to be kind. The best way to comment on someone's weight is not to comment at all. And I think she makes a very important point because as you said, Amy, 
Amy. I think we have ingrained in us, I mean, particularly at being 33, I remember that the greatest compliment you could get is that you've lost weight or you mm. look skinny. And we've all come to realize that that's just not good rhetoric for anyone. And it's not about the way you look. And looking skinny doesn't equate that you're healthy and being big doesn't equate unhealthy. Mm. You know, I think it's really good that they're educating their followers about it. And well, it's a discussion yeah, because And it makes you think because sometimes you will be like, I mean, I've said before to friends, oh my God, you look so good. Have you lost weight? And it's like, you don't even realize how damaging that could be, mm. even though you had good intentions. Is, to that, say is that inherent? fat phobia isn't it yeah. that sometimes you have to pull yourself up and on. that's what is so scary about all these new 90s and noughties trends coming back and I think that's why people are so mindful that we don't want to be celebrating these heroin chic bodies that were very in fashion at the time as Abby said heroin chic it's literally celebrating the body of somebody who is so unwell yeah. that they're addicted to heroin and back to the Kardashians I mean anyone who's watching the recent series can see the absolute emotional turmoil that Khloe Kardashian is going through now, on the topic of Abby, her ex-partner Conrad Bean Stevens has finally broken his silence about their split. So he set the record straight and said that their breakup happened a month before he entered reality show The Challenge. And he said that he didn't go in there looking for love or a relationship. He also confirmed that at the moment he's very much single, despite the fact that there was that leaked footage of him hooking up with Meghan Marks on the show. And he said that they are not dating. I heard the show absolutely bombed this mm. week. I forgot that it was even oh, on. See, I've been hanging to watch it. Mm. And then I'm not a, like, we joke that Reese watches free to air TV, yeah. but I just completely forgot it was on because I kept seeing the ads, but I never saw the release date. I'm just not interested in all that sort of challenge shit i'm i'm all for the that's what the show <laughs> is i know but i'm all for watching them interact with yeah. each other in the house well, of it's big, like brother big brother style, yeah but i hate all of the games yeah. i don't want to watch people play games and also are we a bit over some of the reality stars that they drag out again and mm. again like i couldn't give a shit about people that were on the bachelor no well Conrad is doing the publicity rounds obviously to pump up some interest in this show that is clearly failing in the ratings at the moment and he has spoken about his sexuality for the first time so in a recent interview with the Daily Telegraph, he said that despite the fact that he's only been with women, he wants to be really honest about how he's feeling. So he has come out and said that he's realized he's pansexual. He said, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and I would probably say I was pansexual if I was going to be anything. For me, all of my relationships have been with females. It's hard for me today because I want to be respectful in saying it, but I guess I haven't met a guy yet that I've wanted to date or sleep with in a sense. It's only a new thing for me to think about and navigate. Well, you say he hasn't opened up about his sexuality in the past, but he was very open about his thoughts about sex. He was in an open relationship with Abby Chatfield and did a very detailed interview about how that relationship worked. So I do hope when he's come more to terms with being pansexual that he does go out on podcasts and speak about it more because it's really interesting to hear about. Now, for those who don't know, pansexual is when someone is attracted to both genders. So they fall in love with the person no matter their gender identity. People might be aware that Brooke Burton on The Bachelor was pansexual. Yeah. So she, of course, did the series where she was picking between men and females. Mm. And talking about that series, obviously that's a series Conrad was on, but before he was on The Bachelorette, he was working as a tradie and that's why he felt restricted about opening up. Grandstanding like that. You think we couldn't do that to theatrically hug the wretched and the dispossessed and cover ourselves in glory all over the front pages? I doubt it. You barely find it in yourselves to hug your own. I hug who I want to. I hug who I love. Particularly when they are affected by the selfishness of others and need cheering up. Who are you referring to? Camilla. 
Last week, the much-anticipated new series of The Crown dropped on Netflix, and all anyone can talk about is the casting. Amy, there is one name that keeps popping up that people are torn about. Yes, so that name is Dominic West. So he plays the role of Prince Charles, and everyone's saying he is too attractive to be Prince Charles. I completely agree this guy Dominic he is way too hot to be Prince Charles or King Charles whatever we want to call Mm. him now I kept forgetting during the series I'm like who is that guy again oh wait it's Prince Charles particularly when they got the casting of Princess Diana so spot on like she dead set looks like Princess Diana it's crazy there's a lot of rumors going around that maybe King Charles had something to do with the making of the crown and maybe he had a say in casting himself as someone who was quite attractive because as you do, as it's human nature, when there is a character that's quite attractive, you're like, oh, you feel a bit sorry well, for him. It is well, a, oh, he's quite innovative it, with his modern takes on the royal family. It, it is a total glow up, isn't it, mm. from Prince Charles? I actually thought the actor who previously pr- played Prince Charles was perfect because he had that sort of goofy appearance, but he was also quite likable. See, I actually found him quite hot too. Yeah, but he was goofier than this. Yeah, but he had something about him. Well, the funny thing is, I was listening to Mamma Mia out loud and they were chatting about the crown and Holly Wainwright said that Dominic West is actually connected to the royal family. So his wife is friends with Prince Charles and he is friends with Prince Harry. So to me... That makes me think that Charles would be having some sway in it or otherwise this guy's a bit of a dick because apparently behind the scenes he's not a very nice guy. What, he's Dominic a, West? Yeah, but he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, I was really surprised when I was watching The Crown because I thought that the spotlight would be firmly on Princess Diana. I thought it was her story to be told mm. this series. But it's been very much about King Charles. And I think that they have been so quick to paint him as being someone who has really radical, modern ideas. He's very clever. And also, you kind of feel sorry for him and Camilla. You sort of see their relationship and how they really wanted to be together. Obviously, that was explored in the previous series too. Well, they've received a much more favourable edit in this series. Everyone's saying Camilla's too hot as well, but I thought they got her spot on. Well, there has been a lot of concern amongst the royal family about how Charles will be portrayed in this series because the series does lead up to the death of Princess Diana. So it's quite interesting that suddenly we've got this hot actor playing Prince Charles. We've got a very favourable edit for him and Camilla and they are really gaining that sympathy. Mm. Well, it's pretty spot on with the way they managed to turn their love story around because back when Princess Diana passed away, Camilla Parker Bowles literally had to go into hiding. Mm. She was the most hated woman in in the UK and somehow in a couple of years on from that they managed to turn it around they got married everyone's accepted her now she's you know, queen consort she's queen consort which apparently wasn't going to happen mm. so I can see why they're doing this and I think it is kind of reflective of their relationship I think a lot of people realized well Prince Charles was a little a victim in this as well as Princess mm. Diana if- I think Now that we've seen Harry and Meghan come out and talk about the institution and how you're not allowed to do anything, I think it has really humanised the other people who've gone along the way. The Crown obviously showed Princess Margaret and how she wasn't allowed to marry who she wanted to marry as well. Mm. So I think that we're realising that these people are human at the end of the day and they've made a lot of sacrifices for The Crown. The thing is, when I watched The Crown, the last series, I was yelling at my TV screen because I was like, you fucking prick, how dare Mm. you treat Princess Diana like that? But I'm not so much doing it in this series what's kind of funny though is Dominic West he actually came out and said that he almost turned down the role of Charles because he thought he didn't look anything like him <laughs> and he told the producers 
you have got the wrong guy. And Dominic West and the actress who plays Camilla, they came out and said they'll try and not be as hot anymore for the series. (laughs) Well, talking about the rest of the cast, I'm not very keen on the new queen. And I think I'm biased because the actor that plays the queen is also the actor that played Professor Umbridge in Harry Potter. And I have scars, literally. Mm. (laughs) She's kind of, of, I don't know if it's just because of the her role on Harry Potter but she seems a bit evil yeah I feel like when she was portrayed by Claire Foy and Olivia Coleman they were so good and they likable they were yeah they were really likable and they nailed her accent and now I don't see her I don't see this Professor Umbridge as being the queen yeah. I just hear as Professor Prince Umbridge Prince Philip shit as well oh. he, is so, he is worse than Prince Charles the guy that's playing mm. Prince Philip it's Jonathan Pierce. He looks nothing like him. The previous guy who played Prince Philip was Tobias Menzies and he did an incredible job. His accent was spot on, the way he held himself. See, I think it's because you have a bit of a soft spot though for Prince Philip because one of of a few people. (laughs) Because in the (laughs) earlier series, he was quite hot. And he was portrayed as being quite charismatic. No, he is and he's not charismatic. This new guy is not charismatic. The thing that I don't get is... We left off with completely different actors from the other series. However, it only seems to be about six or eight years apart. So Mm. why has everyone changed so much? Look, who they have got spot on, though, is Princess Diana. And I can't believe the actor Elizabeth Debicki is Australian. She has the voice so spot on. Even Princess Diana's ex-butler Paul Burrell came out and said... It's eerie watching mm. it because the voice is spot on. She sounds so similar to the actress who played her in the last series because I felt like she nailed the voice as well. But she didn't look as much like Princess Diana. Like there are angles of this mm. actress that you're like, wow. What's taken me by surprise is the storyline involving Muhammad and Dodi Al-Fayed. And being an avid royal watcher, there was information that came out in the series of The Crown that I never knew about. Yeah. When I was watching this episode that you're speaking about, I was Googling at the same time, which is what all Crown viewers seem to do. Because <laughs> I was like, this is all wrapped up a little too neatly for this to be true. I know, for it to be real life. So just briefly, Muhammad Al-Fayed, he is the father of Dodi Al-Fayed, who dated Princess Diana. And Dodi was tragically killed in a car accident in Paris alongside the princess. So in this new series, there's an episode which details the rise of the Al-Fayed family and it highlights... Muhammad's fascination with the royal family. So he likened members of the royal family to gods and he deemed his own success on how close he could get to the royal family. And bizarrely, this desire to be close to the royal family led him to hire Sidney Johnson, the former valet of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. So the Duke of Windsor is the former King Edward who was exiled to Paris after he chose to marry divorcee Wallace Simpson. Just as a bit of a history lesson for you guys. Now, the valet Sydney, he guided Muhammad on the manners of the English upper class from how to dress and what to read. And Muhammad also ended up purchasing the restored King David's former home, which he dubbed Villa Windsor. Yeah, this was also bizarre. It's almost like a chess game for Muhammad because he's trying so hard to get in the good graces of the royal family and be very instrumental. He ended up buying the Ritz and also Harrods. So he really wanted to be part of the family. And it's Really sad watching it, knowing what has happened, mm. because now he blames the royal family completely Ooh. for the death of his son and also Princess Diana. Yeah, what a turnaround, because he is the biggest one pushing the conspiracy theories that the firm and the royal family were behind the death of Princess Diana. Well, I can kind of see more now 
knowing the connection between all of them, it all seems a little bit sus. Got to remember, though, the crown is fiction. They have now had to state this is fiction. <laughs> oh, most of it well, is I had Well, I had looked into it and a lot of this section of it is true. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's more so the rumoured affairs that Prince Philip has apparently had. That is a bit iffy about whether that happened. I actually I turned don't think to, it's iffy. I just think that when they were going through that part of the crown, it would have been highly disrespectful to the Queen. Yeah. I think if... the those portions of the show were filmed now we might be seeing something very mm-hmm. different i actually turned to dale when we were watching the crown and i said as if like can't people work out that obviously the firm had something to do with princess diana's death but dale was like it's too late at night to start talking about this <laughs> <laughs> well i think we'll leave it there because this podcast could go on for a while if we were dissecting that today's podcast was recorded on the traditional land of the ghana people of the adelaide plains we pay respect to elders past and present if you did enjoy the show please leave us a five-star review and don't forget to join in on all the conversations going on in our facebook community which is outspoken the podcast community <laughs>